by popular demand. It's your undisputed pals, Sean and Phil. It's 2018, and a whole new year of wrestling is upon us, and not a whole lot has changed since Survivor Series last November. <laughs> but we're here in Philadelphia to talk about NXT TakeOver Philadelphia and the Royal Rumble. First up, NXT TakeOver. How do you like the show? Man, uh, I thought NXT TakeOver was phenomenal, if not for the fact that there were two matches on the show that really kind of made it. Um, I thought overall you had some solid matches, some that were honestly underwhelming, but man, that the, the last two matches really made up for everything and made that a, a must-watch show. And the last match is maybe the best wrestling match I've ever seen live in person. This was the first time Sean and I have been to a wrestling show together. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And this is the first time I have ever been to a takeover. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that until right now. (laughs) Well, the only other ones I could have reasonably gone to were Brooklyn. And I've never been to a Brooklyn show. Yeah. Um, The only other NXT show I've been to was a house show last year. Um, That was headlined by a multi-person match with Nakamura and Bobby Roode. But um, obviously this blew that out of the water. Yeah. Um, how did this experience compare going to Brooklyn for you? So the Brooklyn crowd was really great, as you would imagine. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, so they were hot throughout. This crowd was solid throughout, I would say. Uh, I think in Brooklyn, overall, there was probably more to be excited about. But the clear difference is that there was not a Johnny Gargano versus Andrade St. Almas match in Brooklyn. There and was so, no. There was no, right. And so, that, that's what no, I'm no, saying. No, no, there was, though. What in Brooklyn mean? 3, there was a match between Johnny Gargano and Andrade St. Almas. Oh, you're right. We're going to talk about that you're later. Right. That's right. That's a great point. Um, but there wasn't a match of that quality. Yeah. yeah. And so, the experience of being there live for that match was incredible, and it eclipsed what I experienced in Brooklyn. For Brooklyn, uh, the main event was um, McIntyre and Almas. And then, wasn't it? No, because it was Almas versus um, it was Almas versus uh, Gargano early in the card. Right, it was no, Bobby it was Roode Joe. versus... Was it, was it... It, was, it, was, it was Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre, where Drew McIntyre took the title off of Bobby right. Roode. Okay, yeah, so I've been to two... Uh, Brooklyn shows, right, and that was Joe versus, Joe versus Nakamura. Nakamura the year right, before. yeah, yeah, right. So, God um, damn it, even the two of them. <laughs> this is this, yeah, this is my third takeover overall. Um, but yeah, so basically, what I'm trying to get at is that the experience was similar, except for the fact that this match was obviously phenomenal, and the crowd reacted as such, and it eclipses everything mm-hmm. that I've seen at an at a takeover so far. Let's jump into the show. Let's do it. So we had several dark matches and tape matches for NXT this Wednesday, uh, including another match that featured the retooled and rebooted TM61, but most notably was the number one contenders match between Roderick Strong and Tyler Bate for the UK Championship match. These two had a lot of in-ring chemistry. Uh, they had all they got all their spots in, and this is only a match that felt like it suffered from not being five minutes longer. Yeah. Um, Roderick Strong is... One of the most talented wrestlers in the country, I think, and he really expressed that. That's not taken away from Tyler Bate, who's also very talented. What do you think of the match? I thought that this match was really good, especially for a 
television match, which I, I imagine if it's going to be on the same show as the other two matches that we saw, um, that's a lot of the reason why I didn't get as much time as we would have liked. We've seen uh, NXT give a lot of time. Uh, matter of fact, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate just had a match. Uh, Chicago. Uh, in Chicago, but they had another match. Tapes. On, yeah. On on uh, a regular NXT episode, and that match was that was a, a twenty minute or so match. Very good match. Yeah, and it was great. So NXT obviously does give these guys time on the regular show, but for a show with three matches plus different packages and things like that, Tyler Bate and um, <clears throat> Tyler Bate and Strong did not get the time we might have liked. That being said, though. This match really set the tone for the rest of the evening. For us, there, the, you know, the viewers live there, um, they wrestled a really, really good match. They got all their stuff in. It was exciting to watch. I personally wasn't sure that Roderick Strong was gonna win uh, because I thought, hey, they've got a good thing going with Bait and Dunn. Might as well do it again. Um, but Roderick Strong wins the match and a hard-fought victory. I would have loved to see more, but. I understand why we didn't, and now I'm looking forward to a fresh match between Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong. I'm sure, or I assume they've had matches elsewhere together? I don't think so, possibly. Pete Dunne has done a lot of work in progress. Right. Roddy Strong is a Ring of Honor guy. He's been doing this for like 13 years or something. So One of the people we were with was talking about how he saw a, a Ring of Honor pay-per-view like 13 years ago with Roddy Strong. Yeah. So... You're right, it's fresh, because we've had three Pete Dunne-Tyler Bate matches in WWE, which was the UK tournament match, the TakeOver Chicago, and the tape, uh, the taping episode in, I think, Full Sail or Atlanta. I don't yeah, know which. one of those two. Yeah. Um, this is a fresh rivalry, and the prospect of having Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunne, who was, one of the, in my mind, the one of the breakout stars of 2017, have yeah. uh, hopefully a meaningful feud together. Imagine Takeover New Orleans having Dunn versus Strong. That could be the ma- a match of the year contender. Sure, easily. What do you think the idea of the UK Championship belt being transitioned into like an almost mid card NXT belt? I think that's fine. I think that there being another belt in NXT um, is fine, especially if it's used the way that it has been. It's kind of used uh, sparingly. They don't really go to it that often, which is actually kind of sucks for me because I've been to now three shows and I still haven't seen Pete Dunne wrestle. Yeah. One of those is my fault because I got there a little late and it was a dark match, but it was a dark match, you know, Um, and but but on the flip side, when you think about how NXT is booked versus how, like, for example, the main roster is booked, the fact that I have not seen Pete Dunne yet has me clamoring to see him. Whereas there are other men who I and women who I've seen wrestle 50,000 times who when I see them, it's not special anymore. So it's a trade-off, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, how many stars would you give that match? Uh, you know what? I would give it uh, 3.5 if we're working on that scale yeah. uh, just because it was short. Yeah, and, and I think that's reasonable because they had a good match. Um, I think as good of a match before a takeover as you can probably have yeah yep so let's talk about the actual pay-per-view the show kicked off with a tag match between the authors of pain versus the undisputed era bobby fish and kyle o'reilly the psychology of the match was two big men taking out the much smaller experienced ring of honor stars and a former red dragon having to wear down the giants 
The match ended with the authors of Pain setting up the Super Collider. I think Akam's leg was the one that collapsed, making the finisher like not be able to complete the finisher. Um, after having it worked on by Kyle O'Reilly, which led to a roll-up by Fish for the win. What do you think of this match? So, uh, at the last few, uh, well, the last two takeovers that I'd been prior to this one, uh, both of those shows had really, really high-quality tag matches on them. And uh, this one, I was coming into it hoping for a similar experience, and I did not get that. Um, unfortunately for me, Red Dragon has not clicked. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not really into them. Uh, I thought they, they had a solid showing in war games, but that was kind of a, you know, that, that is quote, for, for lack of a better term, that's a garbage match. You know, uh, them working with AOP, I thought it was a, a, a bad matchup in terms of styles. Um, <clears throat> Nothing really exciting happened throughout the match, and when you're working when you're working body parts against big guys like that, I don't think it really translates that great. Um, so there just wasn't enough there to really sell me on this match and on Red Dragon AOP. For me, they're already golden. I already like them. I'm already into them. They've been around for a while. They've had great matches, so they're sold. They're probably on their way up to the main roster. Let's go get to that. Right. Red Dragon, to me, they still have a lot to prove, and I haven't seen that match yet. And I think this needed to be that. And if it wasn't going to be with AOP, they needed to give them someone else to go with because they need to have that match, and they haven't yet. A big thought I had was a year ago, the other uh, takeover before the Royal Rumble was DIY versus AOP, yeah. which was not a great match it was a good match i thought this was a good match as well um i think aop is super talented but i think they still need the right opponents to work yeah um that said i think 2016 and 2017 were huge years for tag team wrestling at nxt yeah i think the best match wwe had in 2016 was the triple threat tag match between uh the revival diy and the authors of pain sure I don't think anything. Uh, I guess like AJ and Cena at SummerSlam or something, but it was it was it's up, up there. there. Yeah, um, and this wasn't that. Um, there was a big spot in the match. I don't know if you saw this, where Bobby Fish uh, tackled one of the authors of Pain through the ropes and took a nasty spill outside. It looked really nasty, um, so much that Bobby Fish had to be like, "I'm okay." <laughs> <laughs> the camera caught that. Um, otherwise. Do you think that the Authors of Pain are coming up this week? I think that they're coming up this week. Uh, obviously, it remains to be seen. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be watching Raw and SmackDown to see. Um, but I think that their time in NXT is up. I think they've done everything they can do. We know that, typically speaking, you don't get another run with the belt. Once you've had it that, and you lose it, typically that's your final bow. If not, maybe you get a rematch and then call it a day. Um, they've, they're two-time champions, right? right? Uh, so that's I. I mean, no one has had a belt more than twice, I believe. The only other people who have won a championship and actually twice were Nakamura and Samoa Joe when they right. traded it. Right, and then but then it was the two and out. Yeah. So to me, this is a two and out. I don't see any reason for them to hang around any longer. And I'll tell you this right now: they better get brought up with Paul Ellering because yeah. Ellering is the magic sauce behind them working 
uh, to me in every way. Yeah, for sure. Um, it it kind of the authors of pain have it has felt like they should have been brought up over the last six months. There was a period when Finn Balor was in NXT that I felt like he should have been up sooner. Yeah, uh, he lost to Samoa Joe and a house show in like May, I think, and he didn't get called up until late July. Mm. Um, and it was similar with the authors of pain where they lost the belts to, I, I want to say the revival again or DIY. Um, but they still stayed around. And that paramounted the War Games. The great two years of NXT Tag Team Wrestling paramounted to War Games. And that was so satisfying. Which is why also it was so difficult for Red Dragon and AOP to be able to follow something like that up. But in the same token, it's time. They need to come up. Yeah, agreed. Uh, do you have a preference to which show you'd let, rather see him to go to? Both shows could really use a team. I think right now, uh, Raw... Because Seth and and Jordan are not long for the tag team division, I don't think. One way or another, that's over. And obviously, Dean Ambrose is out. So, who are the what are the tag teams on Raw? I think they go to Raw. I think Raw needs. Them. Well, and that ties into the first big appearance of the night in the crowd, which was uh, War Machine. Yeah, fresh out of New Japan Pro Wrestling in their heavyweight tag division, they are in the crowd. They're coming into NXT, and they can easily fill in that Authors of Pain role of being the big, strong tag team wrestlers. I was worried about those two on the same show. Yeah. So I'm glad that they showcased War Machine. AOP on the way out makes perfect sense. Hopefully they are on their way out. Hopefully they're on their way out, yes. On, on the way, way up. Yeah. Nothing can stop them. They're on their way up. There you go. How many stars? Mm, for me, this was a 2-5. Wow, honestly. really? Yeah. Uh, three and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not too far off with you on this. Yeah. Second match of the night was a late addition. I believe it was added just the Wednesday before TakeOver. It was Cassius Ono versus the Velveteen Dream. Is it the Velveteen Dream or just Velveteen Dream? The Velveteen Dream. Okay, because I've heard some dispute over that. The. Get it right. Okay. Uh, the builder for this match is that Dream could knock out the knockout artist in 30 seconds. He had his own special entrance that involved like a pillow with a mouth guard. Uh, and as soon as the bell rang, the crowd began counting to 30. Dream clobbers KO, and the crowd went absolutely ballistic. When Ono got up and elbowed him, the crowd booed a very popular indie wrestler in an uh, indie wrestler-favored town, which is indicative of how popular Dream has gotten since his match against Aleister Black. However, this match was very, very sloppy. There were a lot of mistakes, and it really showcased how green Velveteen Dream still is. Um, he's only 23, 24 years old, but he's a star. He's got a ton of charisma. He's got a ton of talent. And it's very clear this is a guy who's on his way up very quickly. Uh, at the end of the match, Dream had his purple rainmaker to win the match. What did you think? So, I mean, I think you, you laid it out accurately in terms of it was sloppy. Uh, I, I, I don't really care much for Cassius Ono, and I've expressed that to you before. On the podcast. Yeah. I don't I'm not a big fan. Uh and I understand that he's been working as an enhancement talent and, and everything else. I don't think that they did Velveteen Dream any favors by putting him in the ring with someone who one style stylistically doesn't match uh and two doesn't have any heat right now. Velveteen Dream versus Aleister Black was a great match, yeah, but it also told a great story. What was the story here? 
Velveteen Dream wanted to knock him out in 30 seconds. When Velveteen Dream doesn't do that, what does it make him look like? He didn't He didn't deliver. He should have knocked him out in 30 seconds. He should have knocked him out in 30 seconds. It makes Cassius Ono look like crap, but who are we building? Exactly. It doesn't matter how he looks. It matters how Velveteen Dream looks. So for him to have to struggle to beat him, now he doesn't look so great. And I hope that it doesn't hurt him. I don't think it will because I think he's legitimately over. But again... He's over here in NXT where guys like that shine. Can he get over on the main roster? It remains to be seen. I agree with you. He's green. They need to work with him more. And I hope that over time, he can refine his character and his wrestling to where he can get over anywhere in the world. I think he's going to be in NXT for a while. There's no hurry to get him up on the main roster. I think this match proved that he needs to stay in NXT for a while. Agreed. Um, what do you think is next for him now? Where do they go? I can't call it. Honestly. He, he, he gives me Goldust vibes in the sense that, like, really you could throw him in anywhere because he's kind of like, you know, like anyone would react to him strangely. And also, I got to praise the ingenuity of having him kind of, oh, I'm going to knock you out in 30 seconds. And that, that didn't, I didn't know that that was a part, that that was his character you know, in the sense of, like, we're still learning who he is. Mm-hmm. And they're still adding things to his character. So I like that he was able to transform for this. And then who knows what he does next. It's so cool. We can't call it, and that's great. Yeah, and if you're going to add a match the last second, I think I think the intention was well-placed. I think the Chris Hero versus Velveteen Dream match is really good on paper, honestly. I I don't... I mean, Triple H was saying this was like a possible match of the night contender. That's... Come on. It could have been, though, honestly. Like, uh... On paper, it definitely could have been. But it was very, it, it became very quickly apparent that this was a mismatch of styles. And I don't think Chris Hero could carry the weaknesses that Velveteen Dream has in the way that Aleister Black could. Fair enough. Uh, how many stars would you give this one? Um, Two. Yeah, I'm thinking two as well. Yeah. So this led to Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. You mean Shayla Baszler. <laughs> There's a dumbass sitting behind me, a real brain genius who uh, <laughs> who kept yelling Shayla at her. Uh, later in the night when um, Andrade Cien Almas was out, he kept yelling Tranquillo. <laughs> and uh later when Tomasa Ciampa came out he kept yelling Chiampa like Yamcha almost <laughs> uh he was he was great he was getting mad at people for standing telling them yeah. to sit the fuck down and right. it's like you're at a fucking wrestling show in the lower bowl man yeah you're also yelling obnoxiously getting yeah. things wrong he, he's none of his attempts to get over succeeded because like how would they you'd look like a dumbass for jumping his bandwagon because he didn't know what he was talking about at any point yeah but ember moon versus shayla baszler (laughs) Uh, the match started with the philadelphia crowd booing the shit out of the fact that ember moon is from dallas the philadelphia eagles are currently going to the super bowl this is an insane sports city and the biggest rival of the eagles are the dallas cowboys um, I saw people online bashing that, and uh, I couldn't help but laugh because this is Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was also met with "fuck Tom Brady" chants because yes. they're playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. There was also the uh, Baron Corbin chant for Shannon Baszler. Yeah, yeah, that's clever and cute. 
not really. That's yeah, fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer was talking about how on the house show circuit, uh, Baszler is getting a lot of pops, but mm. take in Philadelphia, uh, she was being treated as a hard heel. Yeah. Um, early in the match, Baszler stepped on uh, Ever Moon's bent arm, which is what she did on NXT television, I think, two weeks ago. Not to Moon, but to um, someone else. I can't remember the top of my head. Yeah. Um, it looks extremely painful. I love that spot. The doctors came out. The crowd chanted bullshit because they didn't want the match to be stopped by the doctors. Um, but the match became about uh, Ember Moon's arm not being utilized, be able to use it. She ended up doing the um, the uh, Stone Cold uh, stunner that she does, the Eclipse. Yeah. Uh, but she was able to make the pin because her arm was too sore. And the rest of the match became Baszler putting Ember Moon in a series of different submissions, mostly arm bars on her bad arm. But Ember Moon rolled her up to sneak out a three count. But after the mood, after the match, Moon gets her heat back by choking out, or Baszler chokes out Ember Moon uh, to get her heat back. Uh, who continues to look like a monster? Yeah. What do you think of the match? Uh, I thought it was what it needed to be, yeah, and yeah, I think serviceable matches like this are appropriate, building a storyline, furthering the storyline. Uh, Ember Moon, I think people believe in her in a lot of ways, even though she hasn't. I mean, look, she didn't beat Asuka. Uh, and she barely escaped here, but she's got something that people are into, and that's great. Uh, Shayna Baszler, obviously, they see something in her. They want more from her, and I think this is a good way to establish that she's a threat without thrusting everything onto her shoulders in one match. So, short match did its job. I mean, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three stars because of that fact, because it did exactly what it needed to do without being too long or too short or anything like that. Any longer, it's unbelievable. How does she not tap out, right? Um, so, three stars. I think it was fine. It did what it needed to do. Emma Moon is in an interesting position for me because she feels so much like a transitional champion. She couldn't beat Asuka. She gets the championship in a fatal four-way match, which she does go over strong in because she does the eclipse on two different women to get yeah. the title. But she escapes with her life against Shayna Baszler. And it still gets choked out in the end. Um, it, she she feels like she is a transitional champion. Um, or either someone like Kyrie Sane or more likely Shayna Baszler, I think. I don't think this program's over. No. Um, I don't know where it's going to go, whether it's going to be a rematch at uh, TakeOver New Orleans or sometime on NXT tapings before that. But um, Baszler looked like a monster. Um, especially with where it seems like the product is going on the main roster with Ronda Rousey and the nature of the four horsewomen thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ember Moon's going to hold this title very long. And it's fine if she doesn't, to be honest. I think, I think she could come up at any time and be fine. I think you're right in saying this is, this match is what it should be. I'd also give it three stars. Um, this is not the best women's title match NXT's had. And, and and as a matter of fact, the, the women's wrestling NXT hasn't been what it was since their fourth women were there. Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and everything. Um, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Um, but it was, it was what it needed to be. Yeah. And, and again, uh, I think sometimes you need to have matches like that, and it's totally appropriate. So this led to the Extreme Rules match between Adam Cole and Aleister Black. This match I was extremely hyped for. Extremely hyped yeah. for. Underscore. Um, these are two of my favorite wrestlers in the WWE product. Yeah. Um, so having these two together collide was a 
fucking fantasy come true for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the match was full of a ton of brutal spots. Uh, I couldn't get a full appreciation for it because of where I was sitting. There was a lot of spots outside. Yeah. Uh, and that might have hurt my feeling toward the match. I'm going to need to rewatch it uh, on the network at some point. But we had Kendo Sticks to the Stomach on Alistair Black. Cole landing back first on a ladder. Cole gets slammed into a trash can. There was the ECW Rays crowd that went crazy when Adam Cole and Alistair Black each grabbed tables. Uh, Cole throws a chair into Black, which led to Black being kicked onto both tables. That got a huge pop from the crowd. Uh, Cole gets double kneed into the announce table. In all, it was a brutal match. Cole was bleeding in two different spots. A big theme of the match is that Alistair Black would not use a weapon to fight Adam Cole. When Black had Cole on the ropes, the Undisputed Era came out and beat up Black, which led to Sandy coming out for the rescue, topped off with a tope from Killian Dane on everyone. Perhaps the most brutal spot in the entire match is when Adam Cole put two chairs together with the backs against one another, which led to Black performing a DVD onto Cole, who landed back first onto the top of both chairs in an absolutely brutal-looking spot. Yeah. Match ended with Cole charging Black with a chair to only receive the Black mass kick. What did you think of the match? I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I obviously came into this with high hopes. I thought their the the match they had prior on the uh, the NXT show that was like live on USA Network or whatever. Um, I, I thought that was pretty good, uh, but it was clear to me at least that there was more. And I think that this match was definitely more. But I still feel like there's another level. Um, I think this match could have been longer. I think that um, I, for me personally, I don't. I like I like the weapons. I like all that. That's fine. I really want to see them have a one-on-one grudge match where they get the thirty minutes and they you know they tear it down. Uh, that being said, for what this match was, really good. Uh, I loved. The fact that Aleister Black was not looking to use weapons, I thought that was really clever. That he, that his body's a weapon. That's brilliant. That's that's completely within the character. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of Adam Cole. I have concerns. I do, but I'm a big fan of him on, on for where he is right now. Crowd is hot for Adam Cole too. Sure, he he's over everywhere. Uh, I love Sanity coming out. I thought I I I I don't know what it is about Sanity, but they're great. Yeah, I uh, I hated that gimmick at first, um, yeah. but like every NXT gimmick, it just gets over with me eventually. Sure, because they just know how to present their shit. Yeah, um, and I mean, and they got all the really cool spots in that they needed to get in. I think uh, so. For me, this match was very satisfying for the fact that it was going to be an extreme rules match. It was perfect in that regard. They got in everything I wanted to see. Um, so yeah, I I would I would rate it. I would rate it a four. It's it's interesting because one of Adam Cole's final matches before coming to WWE was a Extreme Rules match against Kyle O'Reilly oh. at Final Battle New York for Ring of Honor. Okay. And it was brutal, 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 brutal match with a lot of these similar spots, but um, enhanced and a little bit longer because uh, those two had a real nasty grudge rivalry. Uh, in Ring of Honor, which is why it's so interesting that they're working together in, uh, yeah. in NXT. Um, I like this match a lot. The one thing that it cements to me, because you, you talk about it having another level, 
And that's something I would like to see, but it feels very clear that Alistair Black is on another level from Adam Cole, kayfabe-wise. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole threw everything he, had, he could at him, including the kitchen sink, proverbially speaking, and Alistair Black still defeated him. Yeah, that was... I honestly... I mean, we talked about this beforehand. I ha- I thought there was no way Adam Cole didn't win this match. Yeah. So for him to lose... And again, I said I had some concerns. That's one of my concerns. Why? Is it just because Aleister Black is who they're building right now? Well, a couple thoughts here. One, if this was a WWE main roster match, it would have been 50-50 booking, and Adam Cole would have gotten his, ma- his win back. We're definitely conditioned to think that. Sure. And two... um. I thought the stipulation telecast the end of the match. I thought because it was an extreme rules match, this was an easy way for Adam Cole to get his win back. Yep. Because you have the undisputed error that they were going to be able to interfere in all the weapons. But again, Aleister Black still won. So to answer your question, I think the reason why Aleister Black won is because he's the chosen one. He's going to win the title in New Orleans against Andrade Cianomis. That's I think that's where they're going. Easily, yeah. Where that what that means for Adam Cole, I don't know. And you know what? Uh, you're right because if that's the booking and it, it's logical, there's no reason that Alistair Black shouldn't have his coronation in New Orleans. If that's the booking, why would he lose now? That wouldn't make any sense. That is traditional WWE booking uh, nowadays, but it's not NXT booking. They book smart, and that is the right choice. You're right. And I don't want to get too bogged down in fantasy booking, but I like the idea of Alistair Black winning the title and eventually going heel as Johnny Gargano chases it to take off him. That's cool. Because I think Alistair Black can work both ways as a character. What was your rating for it? I would give it four stars as well. I, it might be more if I rewatch it. I might give it four and a quarter or four and a half, but I, I, I feel like I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Did it live up to the hype for you? No, that's okay, though. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. This led to the main event. Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano. The place was absolutely electric for Johnny Gargano. There is not a more over-person NXT than Johnny Gargano. Tons of chance for Johnny Wrestling throughout the match. It started off with uh, Almas coming out wearing his La Sombra Lucha Libre mask with a mariachi band coming out playing his entrance. That was awesome. I love when NXT gives these guys a really special entrance. Mm Because it's something you don't really even see on the main roster. Awesome entrance. The match kept building and building and building with tons of awesome near falls. After the Extreme Rules match, it felt like the crowd wasn't unified in coming into this match together. But as they told their story, which is what this was, it was a great story. The entire building was on their feet, completely mesmerized by the match. At several points, Selena Vega cost Gargano the match, only to be saved by his wife, new signee Candice LeRae, who was with who was there with their entire family. So you got that real white pure yeah. baby face stuff going on, which some people say can't work in twenty eighteen, but it worked in Philly. Oh, it that. worked. Um, after that, Vega escapes through the crowd. Johnny gets up on the apron, almost is uh, up inside. Enziguri, slingshot DDD hit, almost kicks out. Uh, Gargano escape is applied again. Crowd's going crazy for a tap out, uh, but almost gets his foot on the ropes. On the apron, almost sends Gargano into the ring post. He has the double knees outside the ring, onto the ring post, uh, and Johnny's 
dead. <laughs> uh, Almas brings Johnny up, and with the hammerlock DDT routine, um, what can you say about this match? Oh man, um, best match I've seen in person. I've seen a lot of really, really great matches. This tops them all. I really believe so. Um, look, walking into this match, I did not have the highest of expectations. I thought that they would have a nice match. So that as that leads to my question here. How did this compare to Brooklyn 3's match between these two, which I think was the opening match on the card? I didn't, uh, I didn't even see it, as a matter of fact. I was late to it. I watched it. I, I did watch it on the network um, after the fact because I, I didn't want to miss it. But I did. Uh, so I watched it on the network, and I thought, all right, cool. You know, nice match. I was happy with it. But again, I don't have high expectations for either person, especially Almas, because I am not high on Almas until now. Yeah. What, 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 how have your expectations of uh, Andrade and Almas changed over the last year and a half? They've changed over the last 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> This is a guy that I didn't think about prior to really now. I didn't I didn't care much for his match with McIntyre uh, when he won the championship. I love what Zelina Vega has done for him. Absolutely, I think she's been pivotal. But in terms of the in ring work, I've not I haven't been overly impressed. But now here's I see a guy who now when I'm going to see him wrestle, I'm going to expect a high quality match. And this is a guy who's. Proven that he was capable of that before coming to NXT. He was a highly anticipated signee. Um, the matches he had in New Japan and CMLL were so highly touted because this is a guy who had so much in-ring charisma. But it just wasn't translating in NXT for whatever. Ever since they attached Selena Vega to him, he's a completely different wrestler. And yeah. it works for the narrative, the narrative they're weaving for him because... The narrative was that he was this playboy who didn't give a shit and wasn't trying. She comes in, whiffs him into shape. Now he's NXT champion. I personally very much enjoyed that match with Drew McIntyre. I, it wasn't the best match of that show, obviously, but I, I thought it was a, a, it was a very good wrestling match. This, this was the best match I've ever seen in person, and this might be the best NXT match I've ever seen, period. And I'm a huge NXT mark. Um, I thought this was better than Pete versus... Uh, Pete. I thought this was better than Pete Dunn versus Tyler B. I thought this was better than um, uh, Black versus Dream. I thought this was better than Sasha versus Bailey. Um, better than that triple threat tag match I alluded to earlier. Um, better than the Sami Zayn uh, Nakamura. Match. Oh, so Sami Zayn Nakamura. Um, better than everything. Yeah. This was incredible. Yeah. And we got to see it in person. Yeah. Before Sean and I went to this pay-per-view, I said to him uh, that all I want, and this is a high expectation, I know, but all I want is a match of the year contender. And this might not just be a contender, but like this might be just the match of the year. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously the year is still very young, but when you see a match you know when you see a really great high quality match you know and and it's in every promotion now including new japan is on notice every wrestler's on notice if you want to win match of the year you need to beat this match last year wrestle kingdom 11 set the stage for what match you need to top with with omega for zakata yeah um 
at Wrestle Kingdom 12 this year, nothing compared to this match. And like you said, I don't think uh, every promotion is going to have to work to top this match, including NXT. They're going to have to work to top themselves. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so to, to, to get back into the particulars of the match, uh, Johnny Wrestling is amazing. He's a star. Yeah, he's amazing. He's over. I haven't seen this since Daniel Bryan. The crowd was insane. Let me tell you, I was sleepy. Okay, we had a long trip to get here to Philly. I was here with my friends, and everyone was sleepy, uh, and kind of losing it. And then this match just kind of like built it up, built it up, built the fans up, built the crowd up to the point where by the end I was on my feet, forgot everything else about the rest of the night, and was just present in the moment. That's what wrestling can do. Yes, and that's what this match did. And it was so beautiful to be there to see it happen, and to see two guys get over. In the biggest way imaginable. If Johnny Wrestling had won that match, I think that building would have exploded. There would have been no Royal Rumble because of how over he was. The ring, the 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 the, the whole arena was practically shaking with the people stomping on the ground, and 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 it was just it, it was palpable. You you can't describe that level of energy. Every near fall, yeah, was convincing. Yep. Everyone fought every near fall. Yeah, incredible. I Johnny Gargano has to win the championship at some point. I think I think you're right. Yeah. I I don't know what his long term plan is. He's a small guy. You know how the main roster thinks of small guys that they don't have already earmarked for greatness. Uh, obviously AJ and Finn are smaller guys, but I think when they came in, they had big plans for them right out of the get go. It's hard to get over when they don't already see you a certain way. I would honestly love to see Johnny Gargano just have his NXT career and call it a day in for WWE. Uh, yeah. Just because I don't really need I I don't know that I care about Johnny Gargano losing and losing and losing on the main roster. Right. It's different. It's not it the same. Different. And you look at a guy like Sami Zayn and you look at I mean yeah, sure now he's in a championship match, but 6 months ago, 7 months ago he was losing and losing and losing and he was losing in NXT too, but when he lost in NXT Every match mattered, and when he lost, it didn't matter because he still got over. Now, or since he's been on the main roster, he's been losing, and it hasn't mattered. When you just lose on a random episode of SmackDown, it's hard to get behind you when that's your weekly yeah. thing. So, NXT has a way of making losses meaningful. Sure, especially when there's only four takeovers per year. Now they are going to be five. But when there's four or five a year... And you're losing on the big stage. Well, that's not that common. Yeah. Compared to every Raw or every SmackDown plus every pay-per-view, you're just losing. That that matters. You bring up Sami Zayn, and I think that's the, the biggest comparison. Sami Zayn had phenomenal match after phenomenal match after phenomenal match in NXT in 2014 and 2015. Until he finally won the championship. And then not a, a, a too, not a too dissimilar way as what's happening right now because Kevin Owens came in and that was a really hot feud in NXT. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens came up to the main roster. He's had a lot of success. Sami Zayn came up to the roster and he's not had a ton of success. He hasn't won a single championship. He's had no success. He should have won the IC title at some point in 2016. It never happened. Um, and I I worry that's the future for Johnny Wrestling. 
I'd rather see a guy like that. I mean, look, the WWE roster stacked. They've got a lot of superstars. He's not going to find his place. He's going to get lost in the shuffle. If he's, he might end up on 205 Live. I don't know. Yeah. All I, all I'm saying is, I don't think he should. I think he should stay in NXT, win the belt, have a run, and leave. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to neglect how wonderful Andrade Cianomas is. He looks like a, a, a great star. heel. A star. I was I've I've been talking to you about this off mic, but to me, when I see Andrade Cianomas, I see the big Latino star that WWE's been coveting since Rey Mysterio. Yeah, and I and I disagreed with you, literally up until the show, literally up until the show, and now I am fully behind that line of thought. Um, and the, the, of course, the qualifier is that they need Selena. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, she has to be involved. She has to be involved. Stars? Five. Absolutely five stars. Done deal. Yeah, done deal. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was, in addition to Candice LeRae and War Machine, uh, Ricochet was there. Yeah. Uh, but on the Titantron, they mentioned his full name, which makes me leads me to believe that he's going to be rebranded with a new name. I read online that they referred to him on the, uh, on the announce team. The announce team referred to him as... A man the, that he referred to himself as Ricochet. He called himself Ricochet when he wrestled around the world. So that tells me that he is not going to be called Ricochet yeah. uh, when he eventually, you know, wrestles in NXT. So we'll have to wait and see and see if his new name's any good. Um, obviously, in uh, Lucha Underground, he was Prince Puma. Yeah. So we'll see what they do. He's not going to be Prince Puma, obviously. He might be Rick O'Shea. Oh, that'd be bad. That is the worst idea, uh. but hey. So let's wait and see. And then after Ricochet was introduced, they introduced EC3, Ethan Carter III, who seems like he'll most likely keep his name. I don't know. He was Tonight he was EC Space 3. Or not tonight, but uh, at the paper. EC Space 3 as opposed to just EC3. So we'll see. I I mean, it's his name, right? That his, Ethan Carter? That's not his name. Oh, that's, oh, a, his that's name? a TNA storyline because Dixie Carter, he was the nephew of Dixie <laughs> Carter. <laughs> there, oh, so then, oh, so then that makes Dixie Carter canon. That's right. That's, that's hilarious. hilarious. If they so choose to go that way. Oh, oh my goodness. I can't even believe his that. His real name is actually like a really goofy name. It's um, His real name is Michael Hutter. Don't use that. Yeah. Definitely do not use that. Yeah. So he was there. He looked jacked. Uh, we'll see what... Uh, he 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 looks like the complete package. Yeah. Uh, wasn't he in WWE at some point? He Derek Bateman? NXT early in their development. Back, I think, when they were a reality show. Yeah. Yes, yes. Derek, I think his name was Derek Bateman. It was Derek Bateman. That was his name. Yeah. So, for me... EC3, listen, I I'll, I have no reason not to say this. I've never seen him wrestle. Yeah, I I've seen uh, like a couple of promos. Everything that I've heard is positive in terms of his promos, in terms of his look. Obviously, he looks fantastic. I've heard that his work is solid. His wrestling solid, not outstanding, but he's got something, and I'm ready for that. I think guys like that can make a big impact on the main roster. I really do. So, I'm excited to see what they do with him. NXT is stacked right now. Yeah. With Ricochet coming in, who could carry a brand on his own? Uh, EC3, War Machine, Adam Cole, Aleister Black, the name, the, the Johnny Gargano. Uh, the list goes on. Cianomas. Yep. 
uh, final thoughts on TakeOver Philadelphia. My final thoughts are that this was the best overall... No, this was not the best overall TakeOver that I have seen, but it features the best match I've ever seen in person, which makes it... And then, of course, the other the other great match, Black and, and Cole, which makes it, for me, um, a great show. One of the better shows I've been to, despite the fact that some of the matches weren't that entertaining. It goes to show that if you have one match that really, really stands out, it makes the entire show that much better. It, it, it completely changed my experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I am so glad that the city I live in delivered such an excellent, <laughs> excellent takeover. They got to do this again. Bring the Royal Rumble back to Philly next year. Do the thing that you do with SummerSlam in Brooklyn. Just keep bringing the Rumble back and give us more takeovers in Philly. It's going to Arizona. Is it really next year? Yeah, yep, they, they announced it already. Fuckers. Yep. That's fine. Bring it back in three years. Two years. So let's move on to the Rumble. Do it. Sean, you went to the Rumble. I did not. Uh, what were your impressions of the Rumble as a kind of a broad? All right, so if you, I don't know if you can tell, but obviously my voice is not my usual voice. Uh, That is because I spent the entirety of the four plus hours that I was there screaming at the top of my lungs. Uh, It was amazing. Uh, It was an amazing experience being there personally. I don't know. I can't say how things translated. I haven't had the chance to watch back the, the network showing. But for me being there personally, this was a phenomenal show, a historical show. Uh, I'm grateful that I was present for this. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I have nothing but positive feelings. Uh, and I know that we're going to talk about some things that you feel negatively about and that objectively weren't great. But I'm so high off this show and having been present and the two rumbles being what they were, which was absolutely phenomenal, that it's hard for me to really have negative opinions about the overall show. Overall, I had a fantastic time. Specifics could have changed, but overall, fantastic show. I want to lead off by mentioning that Sean and I both missed the pre-show matches. I was stuck in traffic, so yeah. I was getting food. Sean's reason is much more justified. I was hungry. <laughs> Hunger is just is justification, absolutely. But um, Gotta eat. Pre-show matches typically, and that's not the rule, obviously, uh, aren't the best anyway. They they don't have the time, and the crowd's not there because they're just showing up. Austin Aries and Neville, man. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's not always yeah. the... Like, the Shield versus the, what, Usos back in 2015 or whatever in the pre-show match. Don't remember, but I trust. It was one of the best matches of the year. Like, because they were both really highly motivated because they were thrown on the mid-card, on the, yeah. pre, pre, uh, the pre-show card. But... Um, what were your expectations going into the Rumble? Okay, so uh, I thought that the AJ KO Sammy match would be, you know, a storyline match, solid, but not special. Uh, I thought it would further the angle more than anything. I thought the Usos versus Shelton and Gable would be very great. I thought it was going to be perhaps the match of the night. Sure. Uh, I thought the Women's Rumble would start the show, and I thought that Ronda Rousey would enter. I thought Stephanie would enter. I thought we'd see a lot of surprise guests just because this was about celebrating the legacy as much as it was about the current stars. We got some of that and not some of that other stuff. Um, but I thought it would be – I actually didn't think it would be that good. Um, I thought that the 
Lesnar Kane Strowman match would be an, an insanely fun garbage match. Uh, we got that. I don't know about the fun. Your mileage may vary. I was there. Um, the Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan match versus the Bar I forgot was on the card, so I had no thoughts about that going into it. I thought Jordan was injured and that was it. Obviously, he is injured and that played into the match, but whatever. Uh, and then I thought the men's Royal Rumble would it would end the show, and I thought uh, I thought it'd be really good, and I thought Nakamura would win, and if it wasn't going to be him, I thought it would be um, either uh, Roman or Finn. They announced today, actually, we're, we're, we're recording this the night of. They announced uh, before the show that the winner of the match could challenge, the winner of the Royal Rumble, either one, could challenge the champion from either show. I thought that opened the door for Finn and AJ. That was my thought. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're not going to get Finn and Nak- uh, I'm sorry, Nakamura and AJ Styles, the next best thing, um, or arguably better, is... Ben and AJ. I think, I think it's better. I I want that's the match I personally wanted. So, I actually wanted to mention this during the uh, takeover discussion we just had. But a big thing about Andrade Cien Almas versus Gargano at Brooklyn Three versus that match now was the story. Yeah, and they had a good match. They had like a a three and a half four star match in Brooklyn versus a five star match here. Yeah, when Ben and AJ wrestled at TLC in October, that was a four and a quarter four and a half star match. With no story buildup, except for our prior knowledge of who these guys are and their role in the Bullet Club. Imagine a program between those two. Sure. Money, huge. That could be a five-star match. Yeah. So, yeah. That that arguably could be better than Nakamura for ZJ. I don't know. Uh, I think we'll get it at some point. So, so. we'll see. It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, You predicted Nakamura... For the men's rumble, who did you predict for the women's rumble? I predicted uh, Ronda Rousey if she was in it, but Asuka because I thought that there was a chance. I I didn't think there was any chance at all that Rousey was not at the show. I thought there was a chance she may not actually enter the rumble. Um, But to me, it was a no-brainer that that, uh, if it wasn't her, it would be Asuka. There was no other choice. The rumble show as a whole uh, was full of predictable booking for the most part, but that wasn't a detriment necessarily no i i the only match i didn't predict properly was the match i didn't know was going to happen <laughs> so yeah um so let's jump into it first up we have wwe champion aj styles in a handicap match against Sami Zayn and kevin owens aj has been locked into a program with shane mcmahon daniel bryan kevin owens Sami Zayn on and off since the program waiting in the summer slam the match opened with KO and Sami Zayn frequently tagging in and out to fight AJ, which seems like a textbook Kevin Owens type of booking, yes, yep. his kind of thinking. Uh, the match ended with AJ rolling up KO for the three count, who wasn't the legally tagged in man. After the match, KO and Sami Zayn protested the Shane McMahon, who did not give a single fuck. All he had to say was, yep. What do you think of the match? Um, first of all, I absolutely hate when they start shows with the WWE Championship. I think it devalues the belt, and I don't think you can do that. I think if you care about how people see AJ or how they see the championship in general, you should never do that. Um, and I've seen it work I've seen it work negatively. When the World Heavyweight Championship was a belt, they did it all the time, and it never it never worked. The champion on that show always seemed inferior because when Raw and SmackDown had inner branch uh, shows, the SmackDown belt always went on very early, and that's the result. Uh, but 
you know, not to belabor that point. I thought this was a an okay match. I mean, there wasn't a lot to it, to be honest. Um, it was a little goofy. I like the Kevin Owens stuff. I love when he does all that. But to to be honest, like they didn't even they, we didn't even get all their stuff. They didn't even do all their stuff. It wasn't long. They didn't get a lot of time. And it's a handicap match. Handicap matches are weird. If AJ wins clean, then they both suck. If AJ loses, who wins the belt? I thought if they I thought to be honest, they were gonna work into Owens and, and Zayn not being able to figure out who they wanted to win the title. More than it being a screwy finish where AJ wins because the referee didn't notice that there wasn't a tag. It's a little goofy. For a major five paper. Yeah, you can't. I and a, and a roll up. That's what we're doing. Two roll up finishes on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You. you I hate. I, I. I hate roll up finishes. Yeah. Um, you have three of the most talented wrestlers in the entire promotion. In the world. Yeah, in the world, in this roll away match, and then they've been doing the same storyline for like six months. WWE themselves are tired of it. That's how. That's how bad it is. This is. They don't care about it. I don't know how you take three of the most talented wrestlers in the world and put them in this type of match, but here we are. Yeah. And uh, it's the Royal Rumble 2018, and Kane is in a championship match. Oh, God. Uh, how many stars did you give it? Two and a half. One that half. feels rough. Oh, man, I can't believe I just said that for it an AJ, nice. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn match. But it is what it is, two and a half. I'm going to say one and a half. I'm even colder. That's savage. Yeah. Next up, we have the Usos versus Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable in a two out of three falls match. The Usos came out and cut their usual pre-match promo on Benjamin and Gable. Match ended. I'm already jumping to the end. <laughs> the match ended with a super kick and stereo from the Usos for the first fall and a roll-up for the second not too long after. The problem with the two out of three falls match as a as a stipulation is the crowd does not get invested until the final fall is on the line. Right. right. And with the anticlimactic second fall, it kind of ruined the entire match. What do you think? Well, I think that I think that uh, some of the tag matches that we have seen, especially the ones when we had the SmackDown Six uh, way back during Paul Heyman's day, some of those uh, two out of three falls matches were actually incredible. Uh, it's all about what the wrestlers do in the first fall and in the second fall. I think matches like that can get over crazy, but you can't treat the first fall like the first fall. You have to treat it like they care about not losing. One of the big keys, right, is that a lot of times in first falls, wrestlers will lose to things that they normally wouldn't lose to. And this time around, that's not what happened, which was fine. I thought the Usos obviously, they obviously had to put him away. To get that first fall. But the second fall was just a joke. It was a joke. It came right after. No one wants to see that. I was... Killed the crowd. Killed the crowd. Because the Usos are way over. And uh, that's cool and all that. But you can't just give us a throwaway match. We see these guys wrestle all the time. Not necessarily Usos and Shelton and Gable. I think we've seen them once. But, like, in general, you see the same tag matches all the time. When they get on pay-per-view, and those shows never get on the main show. They always get put on the pre-show when it's a, a big four, big five pay-per-view. This is their shot, and this is what you give them to do? 
two falls in a two out of three falls match. I get that it's a shock, but it's a shock in the worst possible way. Crowd hated it. I hated it. And it makes Shelton Benjamin and, and Chad Gable look terrible. And I like their tag team. Yeah. I really do. I, I think I think I think Chad Gable's an extremely talented wrestler. He's really young. But this feels like it buries them effectively. I'm not gonna disagree with you. How many stars? Two and a half. Two. So that leads to the Royal Rumble match. <laughs> Uh, our first entrance was Rusev, who came out. I-, I can't believe he came out today on Rusev Day. I know. What a special day. Yeah, he graced us with his presence on today, Rusev Day. Rusev Day. And second coming out was uh, Finn Balor, who came out in a uh, red jacket and red and black uh, tights or underwear and, and knee pads or whatever. Looked sharp. Uh, Rusev's over as fuck. Well, let me tell you this. Uh, Rusev is maybe... He got the most reaction out of anyone that came out the entire night. Uh, except, well, not not even except Ronda Rousey, because by the time Ronda Rousey came out, a lot of people had already left. Rusev is huge, and Rusev Day is massive, and the crowd would not stop chanting Rusev Day. It was incredible. And they don't seem to care too much about it. No, they don't care at all about it. Well, they gave him a little. Like, he was in the match for like twenty-five minutes tonight. Yeah, but then he got dumped like a like a you know yeah. They don't really care about it at all. But when Aiden English finally came in, they chanted Rusev Day. In the women's Rumble match, when Lana came out, they chanted Rusev Day. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if it came across on the show, but we were chanting Rusev Day at random times. Yeah, it's, it was Rusev Day. What what else were we gonna do? Yeah. Um. Finn Balor is one of the most over people on the brand. Oh, oh, he was loved, yeah. And he's getting drowned out with Rusev Day chance. Yep, but but we but we loved Finn, and um, he, he had to come out as one or two just because we needed to do the wave. We needed to do the Finn Balor. Yeah, um, having Finn Balor come out in the top two was brilliant booking. It worked so well for a smaller guy to come out in the first two or three spots, and uh, he looked he looked phenomenal. Yep. Well, we'll get that as the match goes on. Next out was Rhino, the local. He's not local, but he was in ECW for years, and uh, Philly's the home of ECW. They love Rhino. He got a good pop when he came out, and he got dumped early because um, Baron Corbin came out, and uh, he laid waste to everyone after being thrown out by, I think, Finn Balor like a chump. Uh, yeah, he was dumped by Finn Balor. Um, that led to Heath Slater coming out, which was a great spot as everyone that came in after him just continued to lay waste to him. Yep. Um, Elias came out, stomped on him. Andrade, uh, Andrade Almas came out, stomped on him, which we should stop and talk about. Andrade Almas was in the Royal Rumble. This was awesome. Uh, totally unexpected for me, at least. I did not see this coming. Uh, I was so happy to see him. The crowd was happy to see him. One thing that was immediately noticeable, uh, and this is about the night overall, and I wish I had said this earlier, but the crowd at the Royal Rumble was very different than the crowd at NXT. Number one, there were more people, so there's that. But there were a lot more casual fans, and that's just the way it is. The Royal Rumble's a show that attracts people who don't necessarily give a damn about NXT or the everyday Raw or SmackDown event. However, Almas was over. Almas got a big pop. People knew who he was. 
and it was so cool to see him and he got to do stuff he he was in he was hanging in there for quite some time it was actually really cool seeing the founder of Los Ingobernables fight the founder of Bullet Club in a corner sure um they were both on NXT at the same time that's how long Almas has been there but wow um it was it's cool to see that considering how popular those factions are in yeah. in wrestling right now yeah. uh after Almas came out Bray Wyatt came out uh, Big E came out, and in the weirdest spot of the Rumble, number 10, Ty Dillinger, he gets laid out backstage by Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn just comes out and takes his spot. I always hate it when they do things like that. This isn't the first time. And it doesn't make any sense. If you're not entered in the Rumble, how can you just enter the Rumble? What is the logic there? Uh, and then... Ty Dillinger doing the ten thing again. I think that I think that, that it's a little bit of a meme, and yes, sure. that's fine. I don't care. Like whatever. Um, why didn't Kevin Owens take the spot? Why did he just let Sami Zayn take it? Why didn't Kevin Owens beat somebody else up on their way out? Exactly. Why doesn't everyone beat somebody else up on their way out? I don't get it. And Sami Zayn didn't really do anything with that. He did nothing. Why couldn't Ty? <laughs> he got dumb. Why couldn't Ty Dillinger just do that? Why? Yeah. Why couldn't Ty Dillinger? do that to someone else or come out later and just be in the rumble. Is he still in the rumble? Do you get eliminated from the rumble if somebody beats well, you before you zone shit, in? Shit, that's a good point. Ty Dillinger never lost. He never got thrown over the top rope. Ty Dillinger and Kurt Axel <laughs> are still in the rumble. That's right. Yeah. Um. So next was Sheamus, who got laid out immediately by Heath Slater, who was finally in the ring. Which is... A, a, a very fun moment, obviously. Heath Slater has kids, and we need to respect that. That's right. Um, I, I this is a, a probably a shot in the dark. I took that as a little bit of a callback to uh, Sheamus uh, beating Daniel Bryan in, really? in, in three seconds. You know, just a little bit of a funny, you know, dig. I don't know. Maybe that's reaching, but I just kind of when I saw that, that's where my mind went. Sheamus is the type of guy that you can do that with, and it won't hurt him. No, at no. All. he's. It was his birthday. That's another. It was a dig. It was a rib. It was his birthday. That's funny. Yeah, he's forty today. Uh, we're, we're wishing him happy birthday. Forty. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he's older than I realized. Mm-hmm. Um. So then after. Uh, after Sheamus was finally eliminated, Heath Slater was quickly eliminated after that by Bray Wyatt. Um, So after that, that led to Xavier Woods coming out. Apollo Crews came out after that. Shinsuke Nakamura came out to a massive pop. Everyone did the song. Oh, we did it. We did it. We did it, and we did it after it ended. Right. And then when we stopped, we cheered for ourselves. <laughs> we were impressed with so, our putting ourselves over. Gosh, we were putting ourselves over. Uh, raw, uh, wrestling crowds are ridiculous. Nakamura should have been eliminated right there and then. <laughs> um, after that, Cesaro came out, and finally Kofi Kingston came out. Kofi Kingston, of course, everyone was looking at him to do something at the top what he yep. did last year. Tell us what Kofi Kingston did. All right, <clears throat> so it was it was actually a really uh, a really fun spot. He got tossed out. I can't recall tossed him out. Kofi Kingston was, I believe, thrown out by no. He was thrown out by Jinder the first time. He was thrown out by Jinder. So Jinder eliminated uh, the other um, members of the New Day, and then he tossed Kofi over, and he actually landed on Big E. Right, and then, <laughs> and then he 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 stepped and used the uh the cake or not the cake the but the the yeah the pancakes to get to the steps right. That's right. 
awesome spot. Hilarious. Hilarious. Fucking goofy. And every time subsequently someone was thrown out by that side of the arena, there was just a pile of pancakes laying there. Yeah. Yep. It was really goofy to see on uh, TV. Yeah. Uh, after Kofi came out with gender, obviously. Uh, subsequently, Kofi was actually finally eliminated for real by Andrade Cienomas. Yeah. So he got one in. Yeah. After Jinder was Seth Rollins, who was wearing some Tekken-ass looking pants. He was wearing some Tekken pants. He got a huge pop. Burn it down. Burn it down. Love Seth Rollins. I hated that when I first introduced the Burn It Down to his theme song. Uh, as the story goes, Vince just didn't like that there was a pause there. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked. In the 90s, we had Break It Down. Right. Now, in 2018, we have Burn It Down. That's right. We used to break things, then we burned them. That's, That's right. right. After Seth Rollins came out, Matt Hardy came out, broken. broken. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> um, he and Bray Wyatt teamed up with one another in the beginning of the match before brawling with one another and just eliminating one another. Who was it that they uh, eliminated as a unit? They eliminated Rusev. Right. They ended. They Well, they eliminated Rusev they on Rusev, Rusev Day. Day, which the crowd hated with a passion. Uh, and we continued to chant Rusev Day after the fact. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was Matt Hardy who was involved, so it wasn't as bad. Because we love Matt Hardy. How was Matt Hardy's reaction? Matt Hardy's reaction was huge. Everybody was wait was waiting to delete. As soon as he came out, we were deleting. Uh, people obviously knew his song, and they were they were mimicking him in, in, in his intro. Um, and um, I, I think Matt Hardy was really over and was cool. It was cool to see Matt Hardy get that type of reaction in 2018. Well, you're talking about everyone singing his song after Matt Hardy came out, came the 16-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion, John Cena. Yep. How was that reaction? Uh, it was what you would expect John Cena's reaction to be in Philly. It was brutal. It was brutal. I love living in the city. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to follow up those two big reactions of Matt Hardy and John Cena, we got our first surprise entry of the night, The Hurricane. This was fantastic. I was so excited that The Hurricane came through. Uh, it was a blast. And and you know what? Uh, I think the Royal Rumble is the perfect place to do little things like that. I mean, he didn't have a, like a showing or anything. He got dumped. But it's fun, and, and, and that's fine. Not every entrant has to have a huge moment as long as they're not a freaking commentator. Those are the only times I really dislike it when it's a commentator or like yeah or like if you bring back like Bob Backlund for no reason. But if it's the Hurricane, somebody who could do a little something, that's that's great. And he got dumped by John Cena. Yes, he got dumped by John Cena, but hey, John Cena's going to get his. That's right. Um it was funny because when he came out, Corey Graves remarked, it "Looks like he's meeting a little too much Tony Luke's lately." For those of you that don't know, Tony Lukes is a very popular Philly cheesesteak place in Philadelphia. Oh, that's a nice little uh, remark. little jab. Yeah. Uh, after the hurricane came out, it was Rusev Day again, because Aiden English came out. Uh, I I heard it on the network. The crowd was immediately chanting Rusev Day for him. He didn't last very long, though. Uh, he was eliminated by Finn Balor as well. He got like three or four eliminations. Yeah, he had a good show. Uh, after Ada English came the next big surprise of the night, bandaged around his ribs, Adam Cole, baby! Yes! How was that? That was super cool. Very surprising. However, uh, I will say that when his music started, it, no one knew who he was. And then when he did the Adam Cole, baby, a lot of people got into that. 
But it, I think it was pretty clear to me that there were a lot of people in the crowd who just didn't know who he was. That's the vibe I got. I don't know how I came across on television. It's going to take time to, for him to get known by a larger audience. Yeah. It's cool that he was tending to his wounds, though, against uh, Alistair Black for that, though. Yep. So you got to sell it. Kayfabe. That's right. Uh, Adam Cole had a, a decent showing. I don't think he eliminated anyone, but he was eventually finally eliminated by uh, another surprise entrance that we'll get to shortly. Because after Adam Cole came Randy Orton, whose hair looked stupid. <laughs> I'm into it. You're into it? Yeah. I think it looks ridiculous. I think he looks way younger. I think he looks way better. And he took a sweet-ass time coming to the ring. It's Randy Orton. He's slow. Everything he does is slow. Uh, After that, uh, it was Titus Worldwide time as Titus O'Neil came to the ring. Hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. Uh, I guess you're not signed to the Titus. uh, I haven't been approached with a contract. Would you sign if you were offered? No. Well... The next entrance was pretty awesome because it was the Miz. Um, yeah, I mean he got a he got a big pop. I like when they tried to throw him out and he was caught by the Miz Raj. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was a little shit like that. After that was the next big entrance of the night. Who was the person that eliminated Adam Cole later in the show? Was Rey Mysterio? That was incredibly shocking. The crowd exploded when Ray came out, and I was so, so happy for that because the last time we saw Ray, he came out at number 30, and uh, the crowd booed him to death because they wanted Daniel Bryan. Because Ray Mysterio wasn't. Exactly. And, he, and as uh, a friend of mine I was watching with commented, it looked like he was on fast forward out there tonight because of how oh, old he was. He was in great shape. I, I, I actually was talking to you about Rey Mysterio for another matter, and I was telling you that I don't want to see him wrestle anymore because he doesn't look great. But tonight he proved me wrong. He looked phenomenal. He got all his stuff in, and it was so, so good to see Ray again. Ray had that awesome spot where he did the 619 on both Roman Reigns and John Cena. Yes. That was fantastic. Yep. So 29, out comes Gold Dust. Yeah. This was stupid. This this was one of those where it's like you couldn't you you couldn't have gotten him out there at number 13 or something like that and 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 saved a really cool entrance for later on. Yeah, why is Gold Dust there that late in the game? He didn't yeah. offer anything. He was eliminated fairly quickly. Sure. Uh and then the final person to come in, another wasted spot was Dolph Ziggler. Okay, yeah, uh, we we glossed over uh, Roman Reigns' entrance, but oh, I did. Well, that shows you what I thought. Okay, <laughs> after the Miz was Rey Mysterio, then Roman Reigns, then Goldust, then Dolph Ziggler. Right. Okay, so Dolph Ziggler, I disregarded him. I did not think they would be stupid enough to waste his his return on the Royal Rumble. But when he came out, I thought he was going to win. That was where I was at with it. When I saw him come out at number thirty, I thought, oh wow, okay, so my picks were wrong, uh, and. He didn't, and so I don't know what the deal is with Dolph, but he didn't win. He didn't. He didn't last. He didn't do anything. No. Yeah, it's just more the same Dolph Ziggler shit that we're accustomed to the last three or four years. Yeah. Um. Some notes before we move into the final spots of the match. Seth Rollins was eliminated by Roman, by Roman Reigns, and instead of being angry, he just kind of sm- smiled and was like, "Oh, easy come, easy go." I thought he looked. Goofy as shit for reacting that way. I, I I took it a little differently. I took it as all right. We're we're you know they're like best friends. Each of them has tried to tried to or succeeded at pulling a similar thing in prior rumbles. I didn't I didn't I didn't take it as Seth being a geek. I took it as they're friends and he 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 messed up and he knew he did by trusting 
Roman in a match that's every man for himself. That's fair to me. Uh, Andrade Cien Almas was eliminated by Randy Orton following an RKO. Uh, I'll say it now, and I'll say it forever. Getting eliminated by Randy Orton is not a bad thing. Randy Orton is one of the best performing Rumble wrestlers ever, and it, it means something cool to get eliminated by him, especially in that fashion. So uh, no shame in that, in my opinion. The match led to a point where we were brought with six people, and they had staged it in a way on the commentary that it was the old guard versus the new guard. On one side of the ring was Ben Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura and Roman Reigns on the other side of the ring was Randy Orton, John Cena, and Rey Mysterio. The old guard versus the new, and I thought this sta- this the standoff was really cool. And a friend of mine that I was watching with commented that like, oh, the old guys are just gonna beat the shit out of the new guys, which is actually what happened at first. All the old guys did their finishers on the new guys, and I thought that was really funny, funnily timed. Yeah, yeah, but that's. But that's- that's, that's, you know, a, you know given. a given. So, interestingly enough, the first one eliminated in this was Randy Orton by Roman Reigns. He was the first one tossed over. After that, Rey Mysterio gets tossed over by Finn Balor, who also had eliminated Dolph Ziggler. After that, Finn Balor, who went on a tear doing all the spots, he sling-bladed and double-kicked everyone in the corners. At one point with Nakamura, he had a nasty stomp on him. That was amazing. I'm blown away by that yeah. spot. Only to be thrown out of the ring by John Cena. Once he started getting all his stuff in, I knew he was out. That's just the way it is in the Rumble. He was number two. He was in there for the entire duration of the Rumble, practically. Uh, to be clear, the final four were Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Which is uh, extremely close to the final four that I predicted. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and, and to me, that was very appropriate. Those four being the last ones, were that was perfectly fine. You could make an argument for... Um, you can make an argument for Orton, I think. Orton was the I had Orton over Cena. I thought because of the way Cena has been lately, Cena was gonna be eliminated earlier by Elias or something. Yeah. Uh I had Orton in my final four instead of Cena. Yeah, I, you could make an argument for a person here or there, but I think look, those are the top those are four of the top guys that were actually in the match. So So after Balor's eliminated, we have John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roman Reigns. Which led to John Cena being eliminated by Shinsuke Nakamura. That was crazy. Yeah. Which led to the big dog versus Nakamura. Well, I just want to point out before we move on, uh, Cena and Roman teamed up against Nakamura. That's right. And he came out on top, which was really cool because the crowd was very nervous. They were. Very nervous. Cena and Roman were getting booed for no reaction at all, while Nakamura and Fowler were getting crazy pops. My favorite moment of the entire Rumble, other than the, the, the ending, was when Cena and Roman were doing the spot where they hit each other and you're supposed, the crowd's supposed to go, you know, boo, yeah, boo, yeah. Well, we were just booing. So it was boo, 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 boo. Uh, between Cena and Roman, and it was so fun uh, and so cool. And look, we don't like them. That's not a surprise. They got booed. It is what it is. Um, but they both had a great showing in the Rumble. They had a "You both suck" chant at one point. Yes, and yeah, you both suck. You can't wrestle. All that jazz. Yeah. Same old, same old shit. So finally, Roman Reigns, uh, his spear is countered by. Uh, Nakamura, which leads to him being thrown over the top ropes, to Shinsuke Nakamura being the 2018 Rumble 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 champion. <laughs> Men's 
Rumble Rumble champion. <laughs> the Royal Rumble champion, yeah. Nakamura, who announced that he was going to go on to face AJ Styles at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship to a massive pop from the audience. Uh, yeah, this was my pick. I was very, very pleased because, not because it was my pick, but because I think he was the right person to win. I think the only other person you could make a very reasonable argument for is Finn. Uh, and uh, I think that Nakamura arguably is better just because he's had one hell. He had one hell of a 2017. Um, yeah, I think so. He beat John Cena. Eat clean, you know. I, I I'm I'm completely in the opposite end of that. I think Nakamura had one of the most underwhelming 2017. I don't want to belabor the point, but the reason why I say that is because even though he did have those matches with Jinder where he he, he did lose. Um, he never lost clean, uh, unless I'm, I don't think he did. There was always, no, there were always shenanigans. There were always the Singh brothers involved. Um, and on top of that, he was always presented in my, by my estimation as a superstar. Um, he beat Cena, he beat Orton, the two top guys on that, on that show. And, um, he hit the gender wall, but that's, that has more to do with the politics of, of what, WWE is going for than, than Nakamura and the crowd is always behind him his the reaction he got when he entered the Rumble was massive and the only other bigger pop that he got was when he won it was huge he's so over and to me that's why he needed to win this match especially when you consider that everyone is clamoring for him and AJ while I agree that he's been protected it doesn't mean he had a big year. He was held in a holding pattern for most of 2017. He did beat John Cena, beat Randy Orton, two throwaway SmackDowns, but otherwise, what did he really do in 2017? He didn't really do much of anything. He had a championship match, but if any, I, I think that if he wasn't as popular as he was, that SummerSlam match with Jinder would have really hurt him. Well, let's be real. Other than Braun Strowman, who did anything? It's kind of fucked up, but it's true. Maybe the Shield guys. Not Roman, but like Seth and Dean. What the hell did they do? He won the title a bunch. The yeah, tag team. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, gender. Don't hinder gender. That's right. It's fine. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Nakamura, AJ Styles, they had a phenomenal, no pun, uh, match at Wrestle Kingdom 10. Uh, I mean,. I've heard a lot of people say like a big reason why they signed Nakamura was to replicate that kind of match with AJ Styles. And it's finally happening and I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm I'm really excited. I'm gonna be there live. I was really hoping that I would get to see this match take place uh at WrestleMania. And uh it's it's gonna happen. I'm I can't wait. And really this is the best rumble I think they've had in years. Easy. And it wasn't like a perfect rumble, but it was a great rumble. Yeah, I mean, you could make arguments here or there for stuff, for sure. But I don't think that there was anything glaringly wrong with this Royal Rumble. There was nothing like, there was nothing that stood out to me uh, as really bad. And again, I didn't see it the way you saw it because I was there live. So I don't know what the commentary was like. I don't know what the the camera stuff was like. I don't know any of that. All I know is that the match itself was a lot of fun. I had a great time and didn't have complaints. 
and uh, I, I couldn't have asked for more. Kevin Dunn, if you're listening, your camera work on this match was actually really brutal. So Kevin Dunn is not listening. Kevin Dunn does not care. However, I'm inclined to probably agree once I watch it because it's been terrible for a while now. So After this, the bar and the shield had the grave misfortune of following up this, this match, and I was so emotionally done at this point. I was texting you and missed the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I had a hard time following the match. I just wasn't invested. Jason Jordan is hurt, by the way. Yeah, that that's exactly why he was out of the match. Uh, there were some people that were remarking that it was it was as much a handicap match as the uh, championship match we had seen earlier. And they won the titles back. Bar. Yeah. Four-time Raw Tag Team Champion. In two years? Like a year, a year and a half. Great job, Bar. Yeah. I have nothing to say about this match. Uh, all I have to say about this match is that they don't set the bar. They are the bar. After this, we had the Universal Championship match between uh, mayoral, mayoral candidate Glenn Jacobs, uh, the monster among men, Braun Strowman, and the Beast Incarnate, Paul Heyman. <laughs> 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 uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, and... This match was full of table spots. It followed. It, it featured Ron Strowman kneeing Brock Lesnar to Brock Lesnar punching him in the head and basically calling him a stupid fuck. When 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 Brock punched Braun in the head, a lot of us were like, "Wait, he really punched him and he really knocked him," because we heard it. Number one, oh. we heard the punch. And then we saw Braun Strowman, who we know, you know, he's a really legit tough guy. He was stumbling. He was he was loopy after that shot. So obviously Brock Lesnar was unhappy. Do not need Brock Lesnar. No. Um, Glenn Jacobs. I'm not even calling him Kane. Don't even use that name. He's just a fucking old dude with a wig and a goofy ass mask, and looks at it. He looks like an out of shape dad. I mean, he's a mayoral candidate. He ate the pen, you know. Uh, there were table spots. The audience wasn't really popping for this match. It looked like we were, we were dead on our feet, man. That 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 men's rumble was emotionally exhausting. You got to understand when the final four were there, when the, when the final six were there, the the tension was palpable, and you knew that everyone wanted Nakamura to take that. But you also knew that we're talking about WWE and that there was a chance that the desire to have Roman face Brock was too high and they just needed to get that done. Or that the need to see Cena win another championship was present. It could have gone. We don't know. We don't know. The right man won and all that jazz. But what I'm trying to get across is that we were tired and that this match suffered from that. I wonder what would have happened if Braun Strowman won. Oh, we would have we would have blown the roof off the, off the joint. But who cares, who about, cares that? about that? Yeah. And you know if Braun Strowman did win, it would have set up a triple threat really naturally. Yep. But that's beside the point. What would you rate that match? Man, uh, three. Two and a half. This match tried very hard to be the SummerSlam match, I thought, that had Samoa Joe in it, in addition to Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, and Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, and that was like a four and a half star match for me. Whereas this one was... It was a shallow imitation. It was fun. It w- it came at a bad time. It had Kane. 
uh, I'm sorry, it had mayoral candidate Glenn Jacobs in it. Uh, it. It came at a bad time. There were some fun spots. I enjoyed it, but I spent the entire time in my seat, and I didn't really pop for much. But that was because I couldn't. So, so this led to the historic first ever women's Royal Rumble match. What were your outset impressions of this going in? You mentioned that you were nervous about it. I was nervous about it because I didn't think it was going to be good. Uh, just because, look, we've seen the Money in the Bank. We've seen the Hell in the Cell, the women's Money in the Bank, the women's Hell in the Cell. Not great. Right. Um, so I, I, I came into this thinking, specialty match, what is this going to look like? You know, women. the women don't even, we, we never see them in this environment, so we just don't know. Um, and also... What were the what were the surprise entrants going to be? You know, who were we going to get to see? Um, I thought that they handled it appropriately, but there were questions. And then looming over the match was obviously, is Ronda Rousey going to enter this thing? Looming over it for me was, is Stephanie McMahon going to make this all about her? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, everyone was talking while I was watching this match. Um, I couldn't hear if Stephanie McMahon made this about herself in the commentary. How well? Let me tell you this: uh, a, a fan actually wrote in to WWE on Twitter and asked if there was a way that they could turn off or change the language of the commentary so that they did not have to hear Stephanie McMahon. And a, uh, I'm assuming a bot and some automated response actually told the fan how to do it, which was great. And they, they deleted it, but uh, I just thought that was that's really hilarious. Fun. Yeah. Some intern got fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, the, but the other thing I wanted to say was um, two things, actually. So Maria Menounos came out. Right. And she was at Tigger last night. She now. was. Uh, Maria Menounos came out, and she got booed. That's right. She got booed, but she was, she was a good sport. Uh, she announced Stephanie McMahon. McMahon came out, and she had on the highest heels. And when we, <laughs> when we saw those heels, we were like, okay, guess she's not going to be in the match. But... I thought, okay, somebody's probably got some some wrestling boots ready for her at the desk. They're going to figure out a way to get her in. There's no way she's not going to be in. I thought she was in it, and uh, thankfully I was wrong. She got her spot for it, but we'll get there later. Sure. So the match started with Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, who are two of the most popular women uh, in WWE. I noted to you that I thought, that they, I think they see Finn Balor and Sasha Banks in a similar light. They had a similar role in both the Rumble matches. They're paired up in the Mixed Max Challenge. They're both these really cool faces who are always going to be top uh, merch movers for their gender. Um, just an interesting observation, I think, from probably the corporate view. Yeah. So after the oh, another thing that's interesting is that Sasha Banks came out dressed out like, dressed like Wonder Woman. I thought that was pretty cool. I nice touch. Yeah. Um, so after she came out, our third person was Sarah Logan of the uh, uh, Absolution. Right. Oh, Absolution, yeah. But, you can literally just... Sorry. Yeah. They debuted literally the same exact way. So. Uh, after her was her compatriot from Absolution, Mandy Rose. Did Mandy... No, Sarah Logan is R- Ruby Riot. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, the Riot Squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Mandy Rose is Absolution. Right. Whatever. <laughs> well, after that was the first big pop of the the Rumble match, the first surprise entrance. Lita. Lita. And she looks great. 
Lita looked fantastic. She had a really good showing, too. Yep. Uh, it was really nice to hear her come back. I was so happy I popped huge for Lita. After Lita was Kyrie Sane from NXT. Kyrie Sane. Uh, a lot of people didn't know who she was. Yeah. But she proved herself in the match, I thought. The winner of the May Young Classic. Yeah. Uh, the only problem with the Kyrie Sane is that she was eliminated by Dana Brooke, who came in shortly later. Yeah, Dana I didn't get Brooke. that. I didn't get that. After Kyrie Sane was Tamina. Tamina, who, who came out with new theme music? I guess. Uh, Big pop, right? <laughs> huge. Uh, at least no one chanted anything about her father. Oh, God, please. So after her was Dana Brooke, who yeah. did a uh, cartwheel <laughs> up the ramp. That's her deal. <laughs> That's her deal. Uh, she's a statistician now. I know, Time yeah. You're right. She shouldn't be doing things like this. That's right. Yeah. After Dana Brooke was Tori Wilson. Oh, my goodness. Tori Wilson got a huge pop. She looked great. She looked phenomenal. When she came out on Raw 25, I had flashbacks. Uh, Tori Wilson looked incredible. And I, putting the looks looks aside, I was glad to see her because Tori Wilson was such a big part of the ruthless aggression era of the women's wrestling. And so I was so glad that she got a spot here. Yeah. She looked like she could be wrestling now. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, did we already pass by the first official elimination in the women's role? That's right, we did. Uh, Lita went wild and eliminated Mandy Rose and Tamina. Yes. Which is good. The crowd went crazy when Lita, they were, you still got a chance? Yeah, her. yeah. So that was really cool. So Mandy Rose is officially the first woman ever eliminated in a Royal Rumble. Or right. a women's Royal which, Rumble. Which is interesting because she was... Deliberately left off NXT television because they had big plans for her on the main roster. Her big plan, the big plan was history making. That's right. After she was eliminated, uh, Lita was then eliminated by Becky Lynch. That sucked. Yeah, maybe, but she has a bad neck. I don't know how long she can go for this. She did hit her moonsault. Yeah, and it looked great. That was incredible. Uh, and then Kyrie Sane was eliminated by Dana Brooke, who was then eliminated by Tori Wilson. That was great. Uh, so then coming in was Sonya Deville at number 10. I liked what she did in this match. She, uh, Absolution. That's her. Yep. She, she, they do like the, the MMA thing with her, which I think is going to look really silly when Ronda Rousey and, 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 uh, uh, uh Shana, Sh- Shayla, Shayla Baszler, uh, do their thing. Uh, I think that when Shayla Baszler and, and we're just gonna we're just yeah, gonna yeah. make it worse and worse. <laughs> I think when when those two interact with Sonya, that there's there's gonna be something to that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. You're probably right. Yeah. Uh, so after Sonya Deville was Liv Morgan from um, the Riot Squad with like another kind of Harley Quinn looking ass gimmick. Yep. Putting uh, Alexa Bliss to shame. No one can put Alexa Bliss to shame. Let's be honest. And after that was uh, Molly Holly. I popped so big for Molly Holly. I love Molly. She looked great. I, she looked great, but she was one of the women who really could wrestle in a time when wrestling didn't matter for the women. And I, I just, I really am a big fan of Molly's. I, I, I think she's great. Guess what? What? After her, Rusa Day was still on. That's right. Because the ravishing Lana came out. I'll be honest. I did not like the fact that we were chanting all the husbands names for the female wrestlers i really dislike that the only one that i got behind was the yes chant 
Well, she did. She, she led there. that, yeah. But the other ones I didn't like, and I didn't really. Michelle see. McCool getting the Undertaker chance. I yeah, that was that was horrible. There's a lot of that, and I really hate that. Michelle, Michelle McCool deserves a lot more than that because Michelle McCool was the savior of the divas era. Right. Well, she was one of those women that really could do it at a time where that didn't matter, and she was so important. And I feel like her her contributions to that era are overlooked all the time. So. Speaking of her, she came in next and went fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle McCool proceeded to eliminate. Oh, for, first, just to make note, Tori Wilson was eliminated by Sonya Deville, Sarah Logan by Molly Holly, but then Sonya Deville, Liv Morgan, and Molly Holly, and Lana all eliminated by Michelle McCool in a row. I was glad for that, yeah. She got treated well. Yep. So next came Ruby Riot, who, uh, the leader of the Riot Squad. <laughs> Not much to say other than that. But uh, that's cool. Oh, and then the worst fucking part of the entire Rumble match, Vicky Guerrero. The worst part? Uh, Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. The friend I was watching it with, he hates Vicky Guerrero so much. Go away heat to the extreme for him that when she came out, he's like, I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, She had a little comedy spot where all the women eliminated her. Uh it was fine. It really wasn't that bad. <laughs> I'm just exaggerating. Uh, after Vicky Guerrero was Carmella, who came out and got decked with her own money in the bank briefcase <laughs> by Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> that was great. Uh, after Carmella was Natalia, who came out. She did not fart, but she did have her cat ears on. I was happy to see Natalia. Yeah? She had to be there, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, after Natalia was Kelly Kelly. Kelly Kelly, huge pop. <clears throat> after Kelly. Oh, Kelly Kelly looked great, too. Oh, yeah. But she was like 19 or something when she came into the company. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, after Kelly Kelly was Naomi. Naomi, yeah. She also got a big pop. And she had the luxury and the benefit of doing the Kofi Kingston stuff. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, it's just really interesting that the two black athletic wrestlers are the ones who now have that role and then get unceremoniously dumped out of the ring after they complete some crazy athletic uh, task. Unrelated, but Kofi Kingston has to win a Royal Rumble at some point. Yeah, right. He has to. Yeah, seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fucked up. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. So after Kelly Kelly and Naomi were was Jacqueline, Jacqueline, big pop, was happy to see her. Not as not not as big a pop as the other ones. Not as big as uh, Tamina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And after her came the girl who's not like most girls, Nia Jax. Nia Jax. A lot of people thought she was going to win it. A lot of people in the crowd thought she had the match. It's the classic policy of a big person coming out, and it's like, oh, how are you going to eliminate the big show? Yeah. I don't know. So at this point, we have several eliminations. Vicky Guerrero, of course, got eliminated by four people. Michelle McCool finally gets dumped by, by Natalia. Uh, Becky Lynch thrown out by Ruby Wright. So let me just stop you right there. Uh, that elicited a really bad reaction from the crowd. Becky Lynch gets treated pretty poorly. Oh, yeah. They have no respect for Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was picked number one, if I'm remembering correctly, in the SmackDown draft, right? She was the top SmackDown choice. Yeah, and ever since then, literally ever since then, they have done nothing but devalue her. Well, she won the SmackDown champ. She was the first SmackDown Women's Champion, I believe. Sure. But after that, it was all downhill. Yeah. And I don't know why. She's really talented. She's really popular with kids. She works hard for them. Yeah, she really does. She's really good. And they treat her like shit. Yep. Yep, don't know what it is. 
but she's not the one that's treated the worst of the four horsemen. We'll get no. to that. Uh, after that, Jacqueline, Kelly Kelly, and Ruby Riot, all, and Naomi, all dumped by Nia Jax. So, Appropriate. Yeah, I mean, she looked like a monster, and they treated her appropriately. So, next in this, after Nia Jax, we have Ember Moon, who shows up with a bandaged arm. That was huge. Ember Moon coming out got a big reaction, actually. Really? Yeah. Even with the NXT thing? Yep. It was cool. So, not too dissimilar from Andrade. Yeah. Adam Cole was an anomaly in that respect. That's crazy. I don't know why. Uh, uh, well, Kyrie Sane. But she's really new. Yeah. And so is Adam Cole, actually. Yeah. I think it's more that than anything else. Um, after Ember Moon was the next big pop of the night as well, Beth Phoenix. Yes. I'm yeah. surprised there wasn't any Edge chance. Someone actually mentioned Edge. Of course. Yeah, but I think... Actually, I think they mentioned Edge. They mentioned Edge when Lita got eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> so Beth Phoenix gets a big pop, and she and Natalia have this reunion. And Natalia does her heel thing because Natalia's a heel now, and yeah. she throws Beth Phoenix out. Yeah. It's really sad. That was cool. Um, and then after after Beth Phoenix comes the Empress of Tomorrow, Oscar, who had a huge reaction. Massive. No one's ready for. No one is ready for Oscar. You have no idea. Not even us. Not even the fans. And Oscar fucking ran wild. Oh yeah. Uh, she eliminated Ember Moon, which I really, really liked. I like that even after all this time, Ember Moon still can't beat Oscar. But she did hit her with the eclipse. I like that a lot. Yeah, and it and it it kind of follows up on the storyline from NXT, which was that Ember Moon. Well, her arm, but also that Ember Moon has been one step away from being able to beat Asuka. Just that one step. I hope that they follow this up in the main roster one day. I don't have confidence, but I would love for this to have a proper follow. The fact that they addressed it sort of in the Rumble gives me sort of confidence. It'd be really cool if Ember Moon was the one to finally defeat Asuka. Uh, Eventually. incredible story. It would be an incredible story. Yeah. Like a year from now or something. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I'm being a little hyperbolic, but sure. you know. Um, so after Oscar comes to the, r- the ring, uh, Mickey James shows up. Big pop. Big pop, and there's a big spot later that we'll get to involving her. Uh, and then after Mickey James is Nikki Bella. Big pop. Followed by Brie Bella. Big pop. Yeah, she hasn't been in the ring in a long time. That was huge. Yeah. Followed by the Yes Chance. Yeah. I always forget that Brie gets the uh, the side effect of being Daniel Bryan's wife. Nikki Bella gets it too. She, the chance of John Cena. John Cena sucks. John, I was, I was like, John Cena's not even here. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know. And after that is the biggest afterthought in the Rumble match. Bailey doesn't even get a reaction. Really. I forgot she was even going to be in it. That's so depressing. I was trying. We so we were trying to figure out who the last like f- four couple uh, entrants were going to be. And uh, I totally forgot Bailey until someone else mentioned her. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's got to be in this match, of course. Yeah, well, uh, while we were watching it, uh, my friend kept saying Rhonda for every single number because he was so hyped for her. Yeah. And when Bailey came out, I was like, holy shit, I forgot Bailey was in this. I think that number 29 for the men's was Gold Dust. Yes, it was. That comparison. If you, I mean, that's that's pretty meta. Yeah, but number thirty was a huge pop. My favorite, Trish Stratus. Oh, I was over the moon that that Trish was in this match. I was worried 
that she wasn't going to be in it because 29 was Bailey. And so then I thought 30, okay, Ronda Rousey. Um, so Trish coming out was incredible. Uh, such a great moment. I was so happy to see her. Looks great. And if this match was to honor and celebrate women's wrestling and the history of women's wrestling in WWE, it wouldn't even it, it wouldn't even have meaning without Trish Stratus. I really mean that. Because she was look look at what she came from. I, like, I don't want to take too long with this, but Trish was a valet that all she really got to do was she made out with Vince that one time. And then she was, you know, rolling Linda McMahon around and she was the other woman and everything else. And then she went on to become recognized by WWE as the greatest women's wrestler ever, pretty much. That's amazing. And it showcases what's possible. You know, she didn't know how to wrestle. She learned how to wrestle while she was there. And she never was the best. Like, I don't think Trish Stratus is some phenomenal wrestler, but she really tried hard. And she was really overshadowed at that, at that time by Sable. Yeah. Who they don't even really acknowledge anymore. They, they do not acknowledge. Brock Lesnar's wife. Yeah. Well, I think that ended badly. Yeah. I yeah. So Pretty sure that ended poorly. Um, yeah, it was cool that Trish came out. It was good. And she and Mickey James uh, yeah. alluded to. Um, their their uh their history. their history and the camera cut away from when Trish Stratus did the V thing. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. The crowd was hyped for that one. Yeah. So Mickey James gets eliminated eliminated by Trish Stratus. Uh, oh, and before that, Carmella was eliminated by Nikki Bella. I forgot to point that out. And she was screaming like crazy when she was like nearing elimination. Carmella, oh, really? yeah. yeah, she was shrieking up a storm. It was really good. Uh, so after Mickey James gets eliminated by Trish Stratus, Nia Jax gets eliminated eliminated by Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Trish Stratus, Bailey, Oscar, and Natalia. Because how the hell are you gonna eliminate her otherwise? Yeah, of course. Uh, then Bailey gets thrown out by her best friend Sasha Banks. For furthering the storyline, that they've been dragging out. I don't even know if they're even like if it even matters anymore. Well, I mean, you mentioned this earlier. A lot of the storylines and situations are in a holding pattern. This is another one of those. They don't have a championship, so there's never any time for these women's matches other than a championship match. This is what happens. After Bailey gets eliminated, Natalia is eliminated by Trish Stratus. Her second elimination of the night. But she's immediately eliminated by Sasha Banks, who I thought was really good at the end of this match. She was healing it up crazily. Yes, yes, she was. Because the final four was the Bella Twins, Sasha Banks, and Asuka. Not the final four I expected nor wanted. I wanted to see uh, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, and Asuka. Yeah. I thought that would have been appropriate. Uh, One quick note is that Every single time that one of the legacy women was eliminated, the crowd chanted their name or said thank you. There was always something for them. A modicum of respect. Yeah, and and listen, women's wrestling has been through a lot in WWE. And a lot of those women we have seen in their bra and panties in matches. Uh-huh. And so for the for the crowd to be at the point where they could just respect them and not treat them as you know, the way WWE treated them. Uh, in the past, that was 
that was huge. I really was happy to be there for that. Sasha Banks tricks Asuka into thinking they're going to team up on the Bellas and immediately turns on her. Yeah. She starts beating up Asuka with the Bellas, thinking she's in charge. She looks like she's the legit boss, but the Bellas immediately turn on her. And throw oh, her. Awesome. Which led to the Bellas and Asuka. At that point, what's going through your head? <laughs> At that point, I'm thinking, okay, well, nobody's ready for Asuka, so it, they, there could be 30 Bellas and they would still lose. <laughs> Without Rousey, I had no, there was no doubt that Asuka was winning the match. So after that, Brie Bella gets thrown out by her sister Nikki. That was awesome and so appropriate. Yeah, it was appropriate that was Brie that was the one that was thrown out too. Yep, yep. Nikki is all about Nikki. That's right. And finally, she she gets beat up by Asuka, and Asuka's the last one standing. Well, uh, I don't want to gloss over the fact that they they really played it up. That Nikki could win right there. They were on the ed- They were on the the apron there. I like that spot a lot. That was a great spot. Uh, Oscar actually got hit and fell onto the apron, but didn't didn't uh, roll over and get eliminated. So that was that was a really cool spot and clever because the crowd, you could feel the air leave the room when that happened. Nervous. Yeah. And it's interesting. I just want to mention that the last couple house shows, there were no women's matches on them. Because they were really practicing this rumble match to get it down right. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. That was uh, I was noted uh, today this afternoon that they were being left off the house show tour to work on this. Well, they did a phenomenal. They really did. And so at this point, at ringside was Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair who come in the ring, and not unlike unlike um, Nakamura, Oscar's presented this opportunity to choose between who she would rather face at WrestleMania when who should come out than none other than Ronda Rousey, yep. who had a bad reputation. <laughs> Coming out with a dope-ass large leather jacket and a Roddy Roddy Piper shirt. And did you notice that the color of her her name in the graphic was actually after Hot Rod himself? Right. She comes down, and it's very ambiguous what's happening. She comes down to the ring... And she points at WrestleMania multiple times. Several times. Shakes Asuka's hand. No. Uh, or no, she attempts to, and Asuka just slaps it. Yeah. Leaves the ring, goes to the side, to the ring announcer's table, where she and Stephanie McMahon glare, and they shake hands. Yeah. That's the big Stephanie spot, is a handshake. And now we have to tune in to Monday Night Raw, or Tuesday SmackDown Live, and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so number one, Rousey being in the in the in involved, uh, no brainer. Yeah, there was a false flag that she said she was in Colombia too busy shooting and that she wouldn't be able to come. If you're a wrestling fan, you know shit like that is carny shit. And uh, when she did come out at number thirty, I was nervous, but I was very happy to see Ronda Rousey, and I admire her. I was very happy. Uh, I think that that ups the profile of women's wrestling huge. But I will say I was glad she was not in the Rumble because if she was in it, she had to win it. You can't eliminate her. And for a non-wrestler to win the Royal Rumble, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble is a very bad look. That would, that would, that that's that shits on everything. Yeah. So they did the right thing. And Rousey is a massive profile. Yeah. She has to be the Brock Lesnar of women's wrestling. I agree. I agree. There are now huge WrestleMania implications. Think about it. What is the biggest angle now going into Rania? It's this angle. It's, it's still Brock and Roman, I think. No, I'm talking about from the perception of 
the world at large. Oh yeah, you definitely. It's. Uh, I think this is the thing that could draw in the most casual. Yeah. Audience. This is huge. This is the ESPN. Yeah. Picked it up. Everybody's talking about it. This is what they wanted, obviously, and they got it. This is Mike Tyson level in terms of what it could do if they allow it to happen. Ronda Rousey is a massive star. You got to think of, of people of like the, the fighting background because that's where you really got to draw from to get people to watch wrestling from a casual perspective. Ronda Rousey's got to be in the top three. Like I think the only people that they haven't tapped into, that the only bigger one would be like Conor McGregor. Donna McGregor, absolutely. Because they got Brock, they've tapped into Floyd Mayweather before. This is huge for WWE. Yep, this is huge, and and I believe so far, one night in, you know, um, they're playing it right. Um, I was really suspicious when the men's rumble went on first because I was like, well, the only way that they could put the women's on last is if Ronda Rousey's there. I agreed, and I said the same thing. And sure enough, what do you think of the women's match? Okay, I thought it was actually really great. Um, I thought it was as good, at least as good as as the the men's rumble tonight. One of the best rumbles in general that we've had in many many years, and a great way to uh, set the tone for whatever future women's rumbles they do have. Um, and I just love that it honored the history of 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 the women the women wrestlers. Uh, there were a lot of great spots. It was a classic rumble in the sense that they did a lot of things that we've seen before in prior rumbles, but this was the first time because it was the first women's rumble. The Nia Jax spot, uh, the surprise entrance spot, like all the stuff that you expect to see, we saw, and it was all cool, you know? Um, I, I thought it was amazing, and I thought the right person won. Both rumbles, too. Yes. Both Japanese. Both Japanese, which you literally would never think that they would yeah. do that. But they did it. Overall, what would you give both those Rumble matches? We didn't give them stars or anything. Yeah. Uh, so, listen. I was there. It's really This is my first Rumble. It's really hard for me to be objective. On the outset, I really just want to say five. <laughs> I want to give them both fives. I don't think that's, that's – it's your perspective. It's your opinion. There's no wrong opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard for me to. I don't know if that's like what everyone else thinks, but being there, the the electricity of the crowd, that's how I know it was good, yeah. because they didn't shit on it. Yeah, and it was fun, and I had a great time, and I left there with such good feelings. And at the end of the day, that's what wrestling does for you. Right. And I believe that of all the all the sports slash entertainment um, products out there. Wrestling is the only one where you can fabricate that experience. Yeah. You cannot you cannot guarantee at a basketball game or or an MMA fight. Because it's completely unpredictable. Exactly. It could be a horrible fight. It could be a it could be a, a, a great fight where the wrong person, quote unquote, wins. You know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. But for wrestling, the booker's in total control. And tonight, the booker caught it all the way right with the Royal Rumble matches. So for me, five, both. I'm going to say that the women's match was better than the men's match, but not by much. And I would give the women a four and a half stars, and I would give the men four and a quarter. That's probably, you know, like the objective, like closer to objectivity. Overall, the way I felt about this pay-per-view was the Rumble matches were amazing. They probably made up about two hours of the show, this long-ass show. And 
if you want, the Royal Rumble is supposed to be a the easiest event to book, and b it's the most fun pay per view because it has all the old names and it's all it's a ton of them in the ring at the same time. You have all the cool spots. It's just meant to be fun. Yeah, and they fucked it up so many times this decade, or they've done a lot of weird shit. Tonight was simplistic. Yes, and it was, it, and there were no swerves. Like Nakamura was the favorite going in, and he won, and that's okay. Like it was, it was great. Um, as a whole, I'd give the pay per view a B. The the matches in between the pay, the rumbles themselves, I didn't like any of them really. Um, but I don't think that was all of those matches' fault. I no. think there was a, there were two Royal Rumbles on this pay per view. That's crazy, yeah. It's hard to be any of those matches. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm going to go <clears throat> with a B plus, uh, all, purely off the strength of the Rumbles. I thought they were that good. This was a lot better than Survivor Series. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, I think we gave that like a C, something like a C range. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, NXT TakeOver Philadelphia? We never gave like a C grade or a letter grade. I, man, uh, I, I would – honestly, I would go the B. I would go the B uh, because I really was so unimpressed with the first half of the card. Yeah, I'd give it a B plus. We're we're switched on that, but I'd give that a B plus. Yeah. But yeah, up next we have the the WrestleMania season. Yeah. You're gonna be there in New Orleans. Be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to try to hit up Takeover as well. But that's a lot. It's a lot of wrestling this year, um, and I'm really excited. There's a lot to look forward to um, as far as you know what matches they're going to set up and, and things like that. I think this road to WrestleMania is, is set up to be a really interesting one. So far on the outset, we have matches that it looks like they're going to go Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I, I, I slot Braun in there. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way to go. I don't know if that's what they do, but they're definitely doing that. we got AJ and Nakamura for sure now. It's going to be a classic. Rousey versus Asuka, presumably. I disagree. Do you don't think you're gonna do Ronda first? No. Ronda Rousey versus Asuka? No. How does how does that match happen? Asuka won the Royal Rumble. Interesting. Oof. Watch Raw. Oof. That's we gotta watch Raw, man. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, they're booked into a corner with the women's division now. But carry on. Uh, and then the big question is John Cena, uh, Meltzer implied that Undertaker would be there, but I don't see any implication that Undertaker's going to actually wrestle. It's a weird. It's a weird situation. Obviously, he didn't. He said nothing on Raw twenty five. Uh, he would. It would have been better if he said nothing on Raw twenty five. Um, John Cena's in a weird spot, but uh, you could do. You could do the Undertaker. You could also do several other things. Yeah. So he's. I mean, whatever. There's still Samoa Joe. There's tons of other options. So in the meantime, we have the Elimination Chamber and Fastlane. We're not going to cover those. We'll. We'll we'll cover WrestleMania and and uh, take over New Orleans. Uh, until then, I'm Sh- I'm Sean. He's Phil. I'm I am Phil. <laughs> Phil's black. <laughs> um, and this has been a special one-off of the Comics Pals. Until next time, we will see you at WrestleMania, and that's the bottom line. Because Sean said so. Take care, guys. Take care.